As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Talking TSM, the Game Houses, Game Houses, wow, the Game Houses talk show about TSM's LCS team. I'm Robert Haynes and I will be your host, your guide into the world of TSM. The show is still not sponsored by anybody, but that's okay. If you or somebody you know might be interested, then please reach out at businessatthegamehouse.com. Thank you. Announcements today. Before we get into the big news, as a reminder, this is definitely going to be a longer episode. I would imagine at least an hour. Maybe it'll be a little less, maybe a little more, but we got a lot to go over. Today's going to be an important day, okay? First thing is the Talking TSM Draft Buff League is set and we will be drafting on Sunday. Yes, Sunday. We had some issues getting things set up beforehand with time zones and whatnot, um, but more importantly, the season for draft buff, if you're doing LCS and LEC, which is much better for 10 team leagues, uh, which we have, by the way, um, it's, it's better to have both. And, and since the LEC doesn't start till next week, they don't start, you know, everything until, you know, one week in. So, um, I'm pretty excited uh, to say the least, uh, our draft's going to be super fun. I'm going to be keeping you all updated on, you know, who is in, which I'll be announcing here in a second, um, how the draft is going or, or has gone, I should say. Uh, and most importantly, who's winning each week, which we all know your boy Robert here is going to take the trophy. Okay. It's going to happen. Although we have some pretty smart people in this draft. And I have already given away my strategies. Uh, if you didn't see this week, I published five tips for drafting in your draft buff league. Make sure to check that out. I also did my fantasy rankings for draft buff, which was tough. It took a long time, but I'm pretty happy with the way they came out. Again, this those rankings, by the way, do not talk about like who's the best player necessarily it's about you know how many points i think they're going to score you know what their value is all that stuff so 
I, I promised the Draft Buff League people uh, who are becoming quickly becoming friends um, that I would give them a shout-out this week as a big thank you. So here are the nine cont- contestants uh, in this season's Draft Buff League. These are their Discord names, by the way. The uh, Emperors, Aaron, who you all know made this logo. Um, big shout-out again to him for that. Brooks, who was on the show last week. Low Smith, also known as Mr. High Smith, uh, somebody uh, who has been a huge supporter since the very first episode. Uh, Mallory, um, another person who you all might recognize, uh, also known as Benjamin, who was on an earlier episode, I believe episode three. Uh, and we'll be, I'm sure, talking to him as we get ready, you know, with uh, his algorithm and, and whatnot for the season. Um, Monke, Speakalicious, or it's either Spica or Spica. I, I want to say Spica because, you know, Spica. Uh, Wings of Fury. And last and certainly not least, Ikem, who is playing from all the way across the pond in Europe. Um, and uh, was so willing to sacrifice his sleep schedule um, initially until we figured out that we could just do Sunday um, and uh, asked me, you know, to give him a shout out and a proper and deserved shout out to Ikem. So those are your nine contestants along with myself. I'll be keeping you updated. Even if you guys don't care, I don't really care. I mean, I do care, obviously, but I hope you guys will enjoy hearing about how our season's going, um, you know, and what everybody's doing. I promise it won't take up very long in the stream, but hey, you know, it's something fun and it might get everybody interested because maybe, just maybe, we would have people interested enough to do, I don't know, two leagues for the summer. We'll see. Also, there's been a lot of great discussion. Um, These guys... Uh, and maybe gals, I don't know yet, but I know there are some guys for sure in this um, who are in the Talking TSM Discord, which is in the description, uh, slash will be in the Reddit uh, post as well. Um, they've already been having some great discussions about players. They keep up to date with all the news. They're even helping me with some of the news. Um, and uh, you all should jump into the TTSM Discord. It's a great place to talk um, and, you know, to really discuss everything that's going on in the world of not only talking TSM, but just TSM and the LCS in general. So I really hope you all will jump in there. Um, It's been extremely active so far and super fun. But we're five, almost six minutes in now. And we have arguably, like, not even arguably, the most important thing is games are this week. We are back. The LCS, after a long, long off-season. It has felt like an eternity since Worlds. Maybe it's just because the world just sucks right now and everything has just been going crazy. Um, you know, I think we're all ready for some, you know, something to take our minds off of all the crazy crap, especially if you're here in the United States. Um, and then obviously for around the world, uh, for COVID, I hope y'all are out there staying healthy and safe. Um, but the lock-in tournament has what will be beginning in about 24 hours from when I recorded this podcast. Um, and I want to quickly go over, uh, what the schedule is like 
uh, for our TSM team. As a reminder, they are in a group of four teams, um, and they will be playing, um, you know, four games, one against each. So it's just a single round robin. Uh, and then if they do well enough to not finish in last in that group, they will head to the first round of playoffs. And then, you know, it's just a knockout bracket after that. I believe it's best of threes. So, um, yeah. So here's what we got. On Friday, January 15th, uh, TSM will be playing 100 Thieves at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard, also known as 3 p.m. Pacific Standard. Uh, by the way, you can get all this at thegamehouse.com on the TSM page where I did the full schedule for the year. Uh, you know, I've got all their dates. We don't know the exact times or who their opponents are yet for later in the season, but we do have everything else. So, yeah, so Friday, 100 Thieves to start off the season, 6 p.m. I'm hyped, and I believe that might be the first game of the season. So we'll go over, you know, more about who they're playing and everything, but just wait for right now. Um, Saturday, January 16th, they play at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, and they're playing Golden Guardians. Okay, okay, so a little, uh, I guess technically their playoff rematch will will be that first game against Thunder Thieves. But, uh, yeah, then they play again on Sunday, uh, January 17th, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific time against CLG, the once great rivalry of TSM CLG that has become very lopsided. Uh, and then they will finish out their round, their first round Robin the next weekend against uh, on Friday, January 22nd against uh, team liquid at 9 PM Eastern standard or 6 PM Pacific. So just so you know, there are some teams that will play all of their games in that first weekend. There are some teams that will uh, that will not. Most of the teams won't. Um, there are some teams that have games two games in one day. Uh, TSM were lucky enough to not have that. I don't know why they did that. I, I really don't understand why they didn't just have everybody play one game a day. I don't know. That was it was a little bit of a weird decision, but I guess maybe they wanted to get some prime time games in there. I don't know, but. Either way, that is the TSM schedule. And then after that, I think they would play on, like, the 23rd uh, in the first round. And then the second round in finals, I believe, would be that next weekend. So on the – I think it's the weekend of the 29th through the 31st. Um, and then the week after that would be the first regular season week. So, yeah, a lot of great stuff coming up, to say the least. But – there's more to this lock-in tournament. So first off, there are some players who have either been in contact with COVID or, or um, have contracted COVID. They're still kind of trying to figure that out. Um, I believe Dignitas is one of the teams. Um, so, you know, and, and the thing that's interesting is I don't know if they've announced yet. I'm assuming all the teams will be playing from home or from their facilities. I know most of the teams have been practicing together so far. Uh, which is why it's a little bit of a concern if, you know, one of the Dignitas players does have it. I was hoping that everybody would respect the bubble and then be able to go to, you know, play <laughs> on on uh, on stage again. 
you know, for this lock-in tournament. I, I don't know that's going to happen, unfortunately, but what do you do? Um, so, you know, there are some players out with that. There are some players that are also having visa issues as well. Um, specifically, it looks like CLG are going to be no Finn, no Broxa. Um, they're going to be having Solo and Wiggly start for them. So that team will be Solo, Wiggly, Poe Belter, Wild Turtle, and Smoothie. Um, in my opinion, a huge downgrade at, at jungle for them. And then potentially a side grade. I don't know yet. Finn, we'll have to see how he does. But potentially a side grade for them in the top lane. And then most importantly, TL are going to be without Santorin, at least for week one. Which sadly doesn't matter because he'll probably be here for week two when TSM plays them. But... Um, what's more important is the fact that he hasn't been able to really practice with the team yet. So, you know, I, I, I think this lock in tournament might have even been intentionally done just so that they could have something interesting, start the season still on time, but not have it count against the teams because of visa issues or COVID, you know, once they get some things figured out, then, you know, all that stuff could change. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, those are the players that we know that are out so far. Again, there might be some Dignitas players too, I, I, I have not totally seen or been confirmed on who's going to not be there or who's going to gonna be there, you know, what all that stuff's going on, but we'll get it all figured out. Um, but I do want to go a little deeper into the group. And today I'll be, by the way, I will be uh, publishing my LCS uh, preview for, for 2021 spring. That does include some of these predictions for how I believe the team is going to perform um in the lock-in tournament so you know you can always just i guess skip this part although i think this is the main part of it all <laughs> for for this uh podcast so that head to uh the game house and you can get at least a much more abbreviated um stance on kind of how i'm seeing everything right now for tsm heading into the season i meant to get those out yesterday it's been a crazy week it's been a crazy last couple weeks you know I mean, even since we last talked last week, I don't know if you guys saw, but League of Legends, you know, had all the announcements. We have the new champion, Viego, coming out, also known as the Rune King. Um, that champion looks tailor-made for somebody like Spica. So let's hope that he hits the rift very soon and that they are willing to use him. But, um, you know, when I'm looking at the lock-in, there's it would have been good to be in Group B. I, cor I correctly predicted the groups outside of which top team FlyQuest or TSM would be in them, right? So kind of pumped about that. Um, we have TL, Hunter Thieves, CLG, and Golden Guardians, like I said. Um, then, you know, the rest of the league has, what is that? Dignitas, IMT, FlyQuest, Cloud9, and Evil Geniuses. Uh, so I, I think, you know, TSM probably would have preferred that team. Uh, they still, I still haven't seen anything about how exactly the draft happened because they just kind of randomly announced it in the middle of the day on Friday. Um, after all the other stuff that was going on with the, you know, with the um, League of Legends live stream, and so they, you know, ex again the the exact teams in terms of like how I would have drafted it happened. It's just that for some reason, I guess maybe the teams were picking it for the other team 
So I guess FlyQuest was, you know, choosing the teams that we wanted to, you know, that we would be facing and we were choosing the teams that they would be facing. And I guess since, you know, they finished second, I guess they had first pick and it kind of went, it looks like the exact way that I would have drafted it. Just, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it was from the top bottom and or top down. So I, I don't know. It was, again, I, I didn't dive too deeply into it. I'll be honest with you. I'm still a little confused how TSM got the tougher group, um, you know, because, I mean, when, when you look at it, TL and 100 Thieves are definitely going to be top four teams, at least to start the season on paper. And then CLG is going to be fighting, um, you know, for a top spot and at least a playoff spot um, as well. So I don't know. Anyways, getting into the groups, it, it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I want to go game by game. Um, and then what we're going to do as well is we're going to talk a little bit about how, uh, about the meta, where I think they're going to finish and what I'm thinking matters most with this tournament. So to start, you know, with this group again, I, I, I think TSM, there's the good thing for TSM is that they're going to be facing teams that are going to challenge them. Okay. And there's a, there's a, a biblical, proverb that say that says you know as iron sharpen sharpens iron one man sharpens another um whether you're religious or not a lot of people like to use you know different sayings and i think that that's a really good one that applies well in this scenario because this team the more that they can be you know have their feet to the fire to really be pushed harder and to face greater challenges, the better they're going to be, or at least the the more they're going to learn about themselves. And so I think that this is an extremely important time. And while I would have preferred the easier group, it doesn't matter. There's almost knock on wood. If you are superstitious, like I am, or kiss your lucky rabbit's feet. Um, TSM shouldn't finish at the bottom of this group more than likely. Okay. They realistically only have to win one of their four games, you know, at least two, uh, but one potentially will get them out of the group. And so, you know, you only have to get, you know, be top four to get out of the group, um, out of your five. And, you know, them facing TL 100 Thieves specifically is going to be great for them. Um and I'm really excited about Friday's game. While, you know, Spika's the only one who was there for our epic lower bracket run where we lost to, obviously, Golden Guardians and then ended up beating them in a great five-game series. Most of that team's on 100 Thieves now, in case if you did not know that. And, you know, they added someday, which, while we all love Hanser, I love Hanser. I, I love him a lot. He's He's been one of my favorite players for a really long time. Um, you know, once, well, it doesn't matter. His headband has always been one of my favorite things that he did. I wish he'd bring it back, but you know, someday is a exponential upgrade over Hanser and this team was already tough FBI, who he is going to be looking to, to show their dominance, to show that they are arguably the best bot lane in the LCS. Again, arguably, I, I think obviously tactical and, and core JJ probably have that right now, but FBI and who he are making their way there. And so with TSM facing this team first, 
they're really going to figure out what's going right and what's going wrong. Because this is also the team that has the most cohesion of any team in the LCS. Even Cloud9 has replaced two of their players. TL replaced two of their players. Everybody else has replaced pretty much all their players, right? But this team, while yes, they are going to be on 100 Thieves and have a different coaching staff, four of their players, in Closer DeMonte, FBI, and Huhi, have all played together already. And someday has never seemed to need a good team because he just does whatever the hell he does and is great at all times. He is one of, I think, still one of the most vastly underrated players in the league and has been for a long time. Um, and, and, and if I'm being honest, I think I've said this before too, like the hundred thieves is the team that I fear the most out of any team starting this season. And, and, and for TSM specifically, they're the team that I fear the most because I, I, I think if there's a team that can keep us from being in the top three for, for either the whole season or at least for, you know, the spring split, this is the team that does it. It's not going to be TL. It's not going to be C9. We already know what they can do and, and what we expect out of them and what everybody expects out of them. And, and we expect TSM to be up in that conversation. And, and when I look at the LCS as a whole, I see, you know, TL, C9, TSM, and Hunter Thieves. Those are my four teams that I think should be vying for all the awards, all the everything, because Truthfully, everybody else is kind of trying new things or they're CLG and Evil Geniuses where they're missing some pretty big pieces or they have players that they don't necessarily trust. And so when I when I look at this game, I, I really see an opportunity for TSM to learn. And that's important for this team because this... It, when it comes down to it, this entire tournament doesn't really matter. And I know that that's not what anybody wants to hear. Well, you know, oh, man, what are you talking about? Of course it matters. There's money on the line. There's pride on the line. Whatever. I get it. But for a team like TSM, this is a litmus test for them. This is a chance for them to figure out how good are they. What things do they need to work on? What things are they already good at, right? How can they grow as a team? And facing a team like 100 Thieves right off the bat, there's a chance. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm hopeful that's not going to happen. But there's a chance they get punched straight up in the mouth to start the season because the four players they're facing, they want it bad. They want to beat TSM for knocking them out and not giving them their chance at Worlds. And Spika's the only one from, you know, the team that beat them that will have any memory of that because he was the only one that was there. Lost might have known, you know, because he was still on the team technically, but you know, Sword Art was off doing his own thing. Power of Evil had already been knocked out, I believe. Uh, either that or he was prepping for his own games. And, and Huni had, I'm almost sure, either been knocked out or was going to get knocked out like the next day or whatever, right? Evil Geniuses didn't make it very far. And so, yeah, this is a big game. And I expect it to be a game where DeMonte is roaming a lot. Huni is going to just have to hold his own in the top lane again someday. He's just going to have to just sit there and do his thing. 
And when we go through the meta, you guys are going to be excited. There's one of his best champions is very much in the meta right now. I mean, very much in the meta. And, and to give you a quick preview, um, he has played 30 games on this champion. Well, 29, excuse me. And he's 20 and 9 on it. Okay? So, very good news about that. But, we continue on. Closer and Spica, I think those are... You know, between them and, and, and Blabber and Santorin, I think those are the top four junglers. Again, all from the same team, coincidentally. Or, excuse me, same four teams that I was discussing earlier. And and I think that they are going to have a really nice rivalry. You know, they came in right around the same time. Um, you know, I expect Closer to stay in NA and stay relevant in NA for a really long time. I think he's that good of a player. And I think that they have some similar play styles, but I think, you know, I think Spica's a little bit more aggressive, and I think he showed that. And, and in their last meeting, Spica took took him to town. I mean, how many times did you hear Closer making a big player doing anything substantial during their series at the you know their second series, even in their first series? Spica did not play that badly. So, you know, I I, I can't wait to see that matchup. And then you know, Power of Evil and Demonte kind of play a similar style to a certain degree. Um, well, no, I shouldn't say that. They, they started playing a similar roaming style because that was what the meta was. I haven't gotten to watch much LPL or LCK yet. I can't say that I'm seeing that same style right now. It looks like a lot of it is going to be what everybody should be excited about. Mages, specifically control mages in the mid lane. Man, I wonder who does that really well. Um, anyways, so... You know, they're going to be looking to make plays. I think Powerville is going to look to really keep DeMonte at his tower. Um, you know, unless if DeMonte pulls out Ziggs again or something like that, we shouldn't, you know, expect anything differently. And then the bot lane is going to be where I think that this first game is going to be decided. Can Lost, can he and Sword Art have enough of a, I don't know, I can't think of the word, but are, can they work well enough together to to really start showing how good of a bot lane that they could be? And are they going to be able to take on two people who have been working together for a long time now in terms of, you know, how League goes these days and who were dominating Doublelift and Biofrost and most of the League by the end of the season, honestly. Um, I, I still think FBI is underrated. I think a lot of people are just not not giving him enough credit for how good he can be and who he clearly showed what he can be but this this meta is going to be a lot different for who he and and you know and what he is used to so it's going to fit a lot more of sword art so we're going to have to see but i think this game will be decided in the bot lane um one of the things that i forgot about and i think most people have is yes spika and lost played together on tsm academy but they also played together on echo fox like, Spica's first times, you know, in the LCS and Academy were with Lost as his AD carry. So there is a little bit of synergy there. That was the word I was looking for earlier, synergy. And so, you know, I think if Spica can help the bot lane get ahead, and I think if the bot lane can can hold their own and Huni can do his thing, I, I, I think that TSM win, win this game. I think it's going to be close, and I can see them pulling it out. Um, but if... The bot lane struggles if FBI gets ahead and if, you know, they don't enable 
because they're so far behind Spica to to do what he does best, which is you know put on put pressure constantly, be moving all around the map, getting kills, you know, not really farming. I mean, he can farm, but like you know, he's much more of a proactive jungler. If he's kind of relegated to just trying to be reactive and farm, then this team could lose very very quickly. So. Um, you know, it's going to be up to Bjerg and the boys or whoever else he has in this coaching staff, um, you know, making sure that this team is ready to roll, that they understand their roles and, you know, that they, uh, you know, understand the meta and that they can come in and, and impose their will. Um, as Brooks pointed out last week, I think their style is going to be a lot more aggressive the more I think about it. Um, you know, while I think that Power of Evil is going to be maybe a little bit more playing back uh, to a certain degree, I think he's going to do that to Rome. Um, and, and to make an impact around the map. So it's going to be interesting to see that one. Um, and, and I am predicting a TSM win. So that's our one win. Now we head into game two, um, which if I remember correctly, I said was CLG. No, Golden Guardians. Golden Guardians. And this is the worst team in the group. They have a bunch of unproven young talent. Um, they have some interesting players um i i'm most interested to see niles in a blaze olive play um i i'm not expecting much out of iconic i think he might be the worst player in the lcs and that's not a slight on him i i think that them bringing him in i i don't know that he's ready um he did not look good in um excuse me in scouting grounds i i really didn't find him to be all that impactful and Niles looked great. Um, he's got a commanding presence. I think he's going to be the one trying to lead the team funny enough. Cause even though they have sticks, say, I don't know that he's necessarily that voice. And I think Niles is going to be the one making a lot of the calls, you know, newbies well, very new. So uh, this is a game that if, even if TSM lose to hundred thieves, which I don't think they will, I think this is the game where they get their second win rather handily and if they lose this game then there's a big problem there's a very big problem that tsm is going to have to figure out um because there's no way that they should be losing to these players and that's again that is not a slight on them a lot of these players have a chance to be very good again i think niles and a blaze olives very specifically have a chance to be at least average to above average potentially even top tier talent in the case of niles they just need time to develop. And then this first tournament, they're going to be playing, you know, two people who have been to World's Finals. They're going to play, you know, another one in Power of Evil who has plenty of Worlds and everything experience. And then, you know, they're also going to be playing Spica, who now has Worlds experience, has made a great playoff run, and Lost, who just frankly just has more experience in general than, than almost everybody else on that team um, in major regions and even in minor regions. So... That's the game that they should win. I expect them to go super aggressive. I expect them to allow, you know, um, allow Lost to have a little bit of late game and probably Power of Evil a little bit of late game just to, you know, be careful. Um, they don't want to go all early game and then, you know, make some mistakes and things don't look good. Um, so I don't, I don't expect that to happen, but I do expect them to pick powerful champions um, and I expect them to you know, to, to, to roll that game. I, I'm hoping it's like a 25-minute game. Then we head into the Sunday game, 
which will be the CLG game. Now, as I talked about at the beginning of the broadcast, they are not going to be at full capacity, which is a shame because it is that team is, I think, a little underrated. Um, the more and more I look at them, I'm like, okay, and, and, and if Solo's a backup to Finn, then either Finn or Solo, whoever ends up playing top lane, is not they're not bad. Broxa, I think, got a really bad rap. When you look at his stats and kind of the way that he plays and the way that TL played, he didn't really play that badly. He just wasn't, like, uber proactive like everybody was hoping, but that's just not how TL plays. So, like, I, I think he got a bad rap. I think he might end up really surprising everybody he's kind of a dark horse for me uh to be one of the top junglers truthfully um and then um you know poe belter has shown that he can still play while turtle still looked fine last year smoothies their biggest question mark in my opinion but with good teams around him he can normally perform pretty well so you know while this is not going to be your team that's going to blow you out of the water they are consistent they are veterans they know how to play the game and they know how to play it right. And so, you know, with, with Broxa and Finn out, that all changes. Because <laughs> they get Wiggly, who looked awful last year, if I'm being frank. And they get Solo, who, again, is a little bit of a side grade. But I think this is another game that TSM win. Um, I, I think especially with, without Finn and without Broxa, more specifically Broxa, I think that they're a lot easier to take advantage of. I think Spica can can wipe the floor with Wiggly. I think he can make him his life just absolutely miserable. Um, I, I expect, you know, Hooney and Solo to go at it, but, um, you know, I, I think that'll be a pretty even matchup. Um, you know, I like Poe Belter, but I think Power of Evil is much better than him. I think that one will go pretty well. And I think this will be a pretty even matchup for the bot lane, at least for the beginning. Again, talent-wise, I think our bot lane is better overall. But Lost is still new. Sword Art's making his way over to the LCS for the first time. You know, I think that this will be a really good matchup for them to kind of... We can see, okay, how good is this team, you know, at least in the bot lane? How good is our bot lane, right? The other two matchups, you know, one's going to be too easy. One might be really tough. So this is kind of like that middle ground. And and sadly, I, I wish that all of CLG had been here because I do think that they are that middle ground team. I think they are going to be that, that gatekeeper, you know fifth sixth seventh place team that you know gets to decide basically who's going to make playoffs and so um i again i expect tsm to win this one i think it could be another fairly quick game especially considering i doubt that wiggly you know wiggly has some synergy obviously with poe belter but didn't work last year and solo's brand new i don't even think i didn't even know that he was you know going to be on the team at all so he must be on clg academy or something or maybe he's doing that thing where he's coaching again until somebody gives him an offer but either way i expect at this point tsm to have swept the weekend um you know with their first game being their toughest if they're going to lose a game this weekend i think you know that hundred thieves game is their is the one that they're going to lose uh but after that i expect wins against golden guardians and clg now you know what they could very easily just look great against 100 thieves and then forget how to play league of legends again you know against the other two teams we've seen that in the past with tsm it wouldn't totally surprise me but overall i like their chances at going three and zero this weekend so then you head into the next weekend we'll dive a little bit more into the tl game um in the next episode especially as we're talking about what happened from this weekend um but i i expect that to be their loss i have them at three and one right now 
that may change obviously as the season, you know, or as the tournament goes on, but I expect that to be their loss. Um, then again, if Santorin's still not here, then TSM could walk out of this group for no, um, and they could be the top seed, which would be interesting, uh, to say the least, because then they would actually play the fourth team from group B in the quarterfinals of the knockout stage, which I, I don't know. It's going to be somebody between Dignitas or Immortals. I am not really afraid of either team. I expect it'll probably be Immortals. Now, they could be also a Dark Horse team. They I, We'll see how that goes, but you know I, I can see them playing them uh, and doing well. The only team that I'm afraid of, honestly, in Group B is Cloud9. I think every other team TSM can handle pretty well. Cloud9 will probably finish first in that one, so... As long as TSM finished first or third, randomly enough, they won't have to face Cloud9 until later. So that would be ideal. Um, hopefully they finish first, and then, you know, they would probably get... Uh, I'm going to guess 100 Thieves um, in the semifinals, which would be an awesome three-game, maybe five-game series. I think it's three, though. Um, and then, you know, if they can beat 100 Thieves, then they could make their way to the finals and, and really do some do some work. So I, I expect TSM to at least make it to the knockout stage. I expect them to make it through quarterfinals because, again, as long as they are as long as they don't finish fourth, they won't have to face Cloud9 right away. And anybody else in Group B, I am not afraid of. They could finish first, second, or third, and they will end up playing some you know, most likely Evil Geniuses, FlyQuest, or Immortals. Those would be my three picks. Bring them all our way. I think we can take them. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's a lock-in tournament for you, at least uh, looking at each team and whatnot. Um, I do predict them to finish third or fourth. I, I think if they end up facing TL or C9, you know, in that corner quarterfinal matchup, I can see that being a problem. My hope is is that TL or C9 have to face each other and that we get 100 Thieves. But, yeah, things are going to be unexpected. It's a, it's a brand new game, basically, with all the new items. The meta seems interesting, to say the least. And um, we're just going to have to see what happens. So, I'm excited. Um, you know, we'll talk more about it next week, especially because then a lot, you know, things will be a lot more clear. I'm either going to be in full on panic mode because holy shit, somehow they went 0 and 3, and we are and our hair is on fire and the world's on fire, and and TSM fans are we're all sitting here going, what the hell's going on, guys? What's going on here? I'm scared. Um, or they're going to end up like 3 and 0, and I'm going to be like, oh, piece of cake. We got it. I just I. I Obviously, there is a middle ground, but I just, I could just totally, oh man, next next episode is going to be interesting. I wonder what will happen. Um, but I want to also really quickly point out the thing that I think matters most, and I talked about it earlier, I've talked about it before, and I will talk about it again. This is a test for this team, guys. Reggie has already said he expects his team to go to Worlds. He expects them to perform well at Worlds. And he expects them to win an LCS championship. And the only way that they could do that is if they can beat TL and if they can beat C9. Now, a lot of other people actually have more confidence in TSM than I do when it comes to analysts. And maybe that's just because I'm just used as a Cincinnati Reds and Bengals fan and a TSM fan. 
in most situations in my life for my teams, they always let me down in some way. We, we go and we win the LCS championship, and I'm on here. Well, I would have been on here. I didn't have the show yet, but I would have been on here telling you TSM is a good team. They're going to do well at Worlds finally. They're going to make it out of groups, and they are going to perform. And they went 0-6 because nobody could have predicted that everybody on the team would forget how to play with each other. So what matters for this tournament specifically is learning and seeing and and figuring out how this team functions because it's the teams who understand the way that they can play the way that they know how to win that do well at the end of the season that's why tl went on the run that they went on sure their playstyle may not have been flashy it may not have been super fun for people to watch to a certain degree but they knew the talent they had, they knew the players that they had, and they knew what they had to do to get the job done. And that's why they won so much. And TSM used to be the same way. TSM has lost its identity for a, for a number of years, even with Bjergsen still being there. Everybody jokes, oh, it's still Bjergsen in four words. No, like it wasn't. It was, it was, they had plenty of talent around him. It just didn't work. You know, this Venomithy experiment didn't work. The Darduck experiment definitely did not work. And TSM, you know, now that Bjergsen is definitely gone, the one that they could always fall back on was, hey, Bjergsen's going to help us. Bjergsen's going to carry us. Not anymore. Now, he may carry us from the coaching side of things. Like, maybe he just ends up being a god-tier coach. I mean, the fact that this team did as well as it did with him trying to coach and play is something to behold. I can't wait. I can't wait to see his first draft. I am – I am – I, it's going to be funny because it's either going to be like, oh, shit, all these Parth drafts were actually Bjergsen drafts, which at that point I'm going to be like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. Or it's going to be that Bjergsen has really put the time and the effort in, which knowing him, he probably has. And this draft is going to be like something out of a out of a storybook. It's going to be like a like the tale of Bjergsen, the coach, and his nice tuxedo or whatever he's going to end up wearing out there and he's going to come out hopefully with a beard and he's going to look like the scholarly gentleman we all expect him to be and he's going to be like here we go mfers look at this sorry i'm not going to say that word i'll say a lot of other cuss words but i'm not going to probably drop any f-bombs on this show we'll see though depends on how riled up i get but anyways bjergsen comes out we paint this picture and he's like all right guys here's what we're going to do and he just starts the orchestra he's like the maestro and he's playing his song and hundred thieves are like oh my god what is happening to us and you just hear the beat start to to quicken to pacing right and the next thing you know tsm walks out with everything they wanted and hundred thieves walks out with nothing that they wanted and that's when we're gonna sit there and we're gonna be like holy shit we had it, it's coaching diff and if he does something like that, oh man, LCS, y'all better watch out. Because I, I hate to say it, coaching does really matter and drafts do matter. And I know that players do a lot of the drafting. But when you have a player coach that is as good as Bjergsen and somebody who has the confidence, like, you know, like Mithy went from being a coach 
to or went from being a player to the coach for Fnatic. And I don't think he got to do as much because it wasn't like Fnatic was his, right? Like he was coming in, he had always been on G2, you know, he had always been on other teams. I don't if I I would be shocked if and if I'd forgotten this, but I don't remember him ever playing on Fnatic. This is Bjergsen's team. He literally owns part of this team. So he's going to come out there and he and he and he likely picked a lot of the players that they have on this team. He likely made many of those decisions. Because this has been Bjerg's team since the day he got here. And as long as he is the head coach, this will still be his team. So I I I'm telling you, if, if this man comes out and and has this the, the style of the team figured out and and a draft figured out and really we see that the coaching is there, that he has brought these five players who have never played together, you know, mostly, and, and they succeed. The LCS better be on watch out because coaching can make that big of a difference. Look at what Jack did. Times that with, with Bjergsen, who played a lot longer than Jat and who has a lot more knowledge of the game. That's no slight on Jat. I love Jat. So there's my little rant there. Let's talk about the meta real quick. So the LCK and the LPL have already started playing. Now, you know, I don't want to get you all too excited. Keep it in your pants. But this is a really, really good meta. I mean, exceptional meta for this team. Let me let me let me read to you some of the you know most important I don't know uh, champions for for each of these great players that we have for Spica Graves, who he's been okay on, is very big. Set has been seen all over the place. Seven and two. He's pretty good on set. Nidalee and Olaf. Two big carry champions. For for our boy Spica there. And let me tell you. We have seen plenty of Nidalee. Not plenty, but we've seen games of Nidalee. She's viable. We've seen Graves. We've seen Olaf. And we have also seen, uh, who am I missing? Pantheon, who I think he could be very solid on. And then we've seen Set all over the place. So that's great. All right, then let's continue to our to the other young player. Good old Lost. Now, Ezreal, Varus, Lucian, Zaya, Ash, and Callista, those are his top champions in terms of games played. They're, they're not there, but a champion named Kaisa and a champion named Jin, his next two champions, who he has a combined 19 and 12 record on, with Jin being actually one of his best champions by a lot. And the top 80 carries, Jin and Kaisa. Jin and Kaisa. With Aphelios as well, and and you know, he's got some good games on Aphelios. They, he comes right after Jin. He's 7-5 on Aphelios. Got a great KDA on him as well. So, looking solid there. Then we go to Leona and Alistar. Oh, baby. And set. And set too. Which, which Sword Art has not played very much set, to be honest. So, I don't know how much we're going to be able to really use him. If, if we do try to flex him 
it's going to be a little tougher because I think if we pick him, people are going to know that that Spica's probably getting him. But I digress there. We got to look at Alistair Leona. He has a combined – let me make sure I count this right. He has a combined 123 games played between the two. 123 games. He has a record of 71 and 32. 71 and 32. Okay, that's a combined win rate of like about, I think, 65 percentage, maybe 67. They're some of his best champions. I would argue Alistar is and, and Brom are his best champions of all time. And then, you know, I mean, he's got he's got a lot of great ones, but like these are two of not only his top played, but his his highest win rates and most successful. Alistar is his highest win rate on any any champion he has played over 30 games on. With Morgana coming in at a close second and then at 22 games, he's got an 82% win percentage on Janna. This is a great meta for him. And, and apparently Alistair Leona are just trading. Everybody's just trading him. So he's probably going to get one of them. And and damn, we want we want the $6 million man to come in and do some work. Oh, this is this this might be it. This might be it. And then <laughs> we look at we'll look at the top lane. Um obviously Huni is known for Rumble and Gangplank, but he's also known for Nar. Okay. He is 20 and 9 on Nar. And guess who is the top top laner in the game right now? A man who goes by the name, oh well, I guess a beast thing that goes by the name of Nar. In both the LPL and the LCK, Nar is the number 1 top laner with Camille at a close second, which he is 6 and 4 on in his career as well. But, I mean, when you look back and you think of some of the biggest plays that, that Huni's ever made, Nar's, Nar's on there. He's played that champion at Worlds. And he can bring out Rumble or Gangplank no matter what the hell meta it is. So, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's a chance that, that he, he pulls that out. Now, I, I will say there's not been, uh, to my knowledge, and I'm not seeing... Uh, either of those champions. Um, there is Orn, there is Jace and Rennington, uh, and some Aatrox and Kennen, it looks like. Um, not exactly champions that he plays on a regular basis. He's been good on Orn, though, uh, at 6 and 9. Um, and Irelia at 13 and 4, who she's been played some too. So, depending on the style they go, you know, he could get those. Now, you know, I think Rumble's going to get probably banned, which is one of the good things about having Huni on your team is. Rumble pretty much always gets banned. And if not, then he ends up picking Rumble. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. They're not going to probably... They, they can't afford to spend two bans early on, at least, on Hooney. So he's probably going to play a lot of NAR this weekend. And, I mean, I expect that if he plays all three games on NAR, we should be thrilled because he wins on NAR and he knows how to play him. But if you, if you weren't already just through the roof with excitement, 
I'm going to read for you the top mid laners that have been played so far. Zoe. Oh. Oriana. Oh. Syndra. And Victor. Wow. Oriana's the most played so far between both leagues. Syndra is second. Uh, actually, it's Zoe. No, it's in. Uh, no, it's Zoe second, and then Syndra, and then Victor. And we got to see Poe Zoe get a little bit better last year. And lo and behold, who are three of his top four play champions? Oriana, Syndra, and Victor. Now, I will say his Victor is 15 and 19. Preferably, we'd love to see him on the Oriana. Uh, even his Syndra is 31 and 34. But I think a lot of those were games where he, um, you know, I think it was a little bit more early on in his career. He showed a lot more on those champions later on uh, in his career. But either way, the point is he plays them a lot. This meta is like right up his alley. You know, it's only missing Azir, basically. And and if he they had that, then he would be set. So, um, yeah, to say the meta for the lock-in tournament is, is is right up TSM's alley, that would be an understatement. I mean, if they went with, like, you know, Nidalee, um, Nar, Jin, yeah, Alistar, and... Oriana. That's a hell of a that's a hell of a draft right there, friends. It's a lot of poke with some really nice frontline in both Nar and Alistar. They can get stuff started. They can, you know, uh, peel for their for their carries. Oriana can peel for herself. Jin can peel for himself. Nidalee is just gonna be able to do her thing. You know, Oriana can also roam. Wow. I mean, that's that's a good draft right there. And that's a winning draft for TSM. Just so you know. That's a winning draft for TSM. And even if they go they could even go something like the Olaf early instead and 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 allow this team to to get an early lead and wow. <laughs> Baby. That's good stuff. That's really good stuff. I'm really excited about this meta. I'm really excited about this tournament. As long as the meta stays similar, you know, uh, through this tournament, I, you know, in TSM, I'm sure we'll pull out some extra picks that we haven't talked about. But, you know, maybe they pull out the Zillion. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Poe's really been working on his Zillion. But either way, very excited. Um, so that's the lock-in tournament. We still have two topics to go. Sorry, this one's gonna definitely go over. I didn't really expect it to go this much over, but hey. It's the it's the before the season preview basically show. So we should be pretty uh, excited to say the least. Um, sorry. Um, all right. So heading into topic two here, we're gonna real quickly preview the spring split. And as a reminder, we'll go over this, you know, a lot more in the next couple weeks once the tournament's over for TSM at least. Um, six weeks, three games a week. 
Okay, sorry, something just came up on my computer that I didn't understand. Okay, um, six weeks, three games a week as a reminder. So, you know, what was normally a nine-week season has been, you know, put into six weeks with, you know, the same amount of games, but, you know, more in each weekend. Um, you know, and, and I think that that's going to be important for this team because, you know, you can't, especially like in the spring season, you can't really have a bad weekend. You really don't want to go 0-3 in a weekend. That is going to put you really far behind. At a minimum, they should really hope to go 1-2, and two, you know, in their worst weekends. 2s and 0s would be great, or 2s and 1s would be great, and then 3-0 obviously would be fantastic. So, um, you know, it's not going to be, oh, you go 1-1, one and one, or even if you go 0-2, that's okay. If you go 2-0 and o the next week, you know, that extra game is going to matter, and it's a lot less time to prep. So keep that in mind. Um, and while they will have just played everybody in the tournament. Um, you know, things can shift to, you know, week by week. So we'll have to see. Um, I really quickly uh, as well want to go through my player rankings for this team. So, you know, I've gone over this before a little bit. But I, I, you know, I did a little bit more of a deeper dive, and I'm going to kind of tell you guys where I see our team right now. Um, so right now, I'll start in the top lane. I've got Someday, Alfari, Licorice, Fudge, and then Hooney Impact. I think Hooney can work his way up into that third spot. If he is really on his game, he can push Sunday. Someday. I don't expect that to happen. He hasn't really done that ever that I can think of since someday has been in NA. Um, I know that, you know, there was there was some time on Echo Fox when Hooney was just dominating, but I I don't know. I just I shrug. I, I really like Hooney. Um I think that he's gonna be better than we've all thought. I think when he has Bjergsen putting in, you know, his hey, I believe in you into him, I think that's going to help him a lot. Um, I, I think Licorice is going to be on a new team. That's going to be tough for him. He's consistently been one of the top. Um, and and so, you know, I, I think that he's deserving of that thir- third spot. I think Alfari had a rough season, but I think being an NA is going to help him a lot. And I think Fudge is potentially going to just maybe be a little bit higher because his team is going to be a little bit better. Not much, but a little bit. So I don't know. We'll see there. Impact's always just solid. He's just a he's just a rock. He's super solid. He's kind of the exact opposite of Hooney. Um, you know, he Hooney likes to take risks and you know plays a lot more aggressively. Impact kind of plays back and is willing to just totally play weak side without you know worrying about consequences uh, because he doesn't really make any bad decisions all that often. So um, you know, I I truly believe that. You know, he is going to uh, be really solid. Um, but, you know, we're going to have to really kind of see what, what happens here. Oh, TSM, like, as we're talking, just released a new video that I will have to watch as well. Anyways, I don't think it's uh, Legends yet, which I can't wait for that to come out. Hopefully it comes out today or tomorrow. But um, then we head into our jungler ratings. And this one you guys are going to be a little bit upset with me for. I'm sorry. Santorin was the best jungler in the in the LCS last year. It, it's really hard to argue that. He is so good. He is so good. The only reason that he would be ranked any lower, especially like in something like fantasy, um, would be if he doesn't start the season off and maybe struggles a little bit, you know, because he didn't have time to practice with his team. 
Um, but he has worked his way into that. You know, it's been a long road for him, but he is an outstanding jungler and can play any style and can do just about anything. So he's there. Uh, I have Blabber and Closer above Speak Up mainly for two reasons. One is I think Blabber is still a superstar and he's going to have perks with him. That's only going to make him stronger. Then for Closer, again, he's playing with basically the exact same team he had last year. And that's a really big advantage over Spika, who's going to have a new head coach and four new players around him. So at least for the spring, I have, and, and, and this is just the start of the spring, I have Closer, Blabber, and Santorin above him. I think Spika can be the best jungler in the LCS. But we've only seen one split plus a playoffs and Worlds out of him. Which is, sure, that is a lot. That's like basically two, like a full year, basically. But but we need to see more before we can for sure say that he is the guy in terms of the LCS. I think he's the guy for TSM. I think he's going to be very strong for our team. But, again, I, I, I think we just need to pump the brakes a little bit, understand how good he can be, and keep him there for now. I also like to always, I'd rather underestimate than overestimate. So uh, that's just kind of how I pull, you know, how I do things. Um, in the mid lane, it's going to be Jensen, Perks, and Power of Evil. There's, there's just no other conversation outside of them. I think at least at the beginning of the split, you can mix any of the three. Um, right now, I, I think because Jensen is getting Santorin, I have him ranked a little bit higher. I still do have Perks as the top because he's just one of the best players of all time. Anybody who tries to argue that, you're out of your mind. He's he 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 did a role swap and was still one of the best in his role. I know he struggled a lot, especially later on when they switched him back and you know they were doing all this shuffling. But like when he had a full year to commit to it, he was pretty damn good. So yeah, maybe honest. Perks is solid. Jensen's solid. Power of Evil solid. And then you just fall off a cliff after that. You know, I mean, no offense to the rest of the guys, but. They don't. They just don't stack up to those three. Those three are going to be the top three, and and I think again, Power of Evil has a chance to be at least second, potentially first. We'll see. He was better than Jensen last year. I listen. I don't have anything against Jensen personally, but I I think he is vastly overrated. I think Power of Evil can be as good, if not better, than Jensen. Straight up. And we're going to get to see it, hopefully a lot this year. And then we will get uh, to the AD carry, which this one is a little less of a sure thing, if you ask me. Right now I have Tactical and Zven up at the top. Then I have FBI, then Lost. Johnson and then Wild Turtle raised definitely Neo Stixay. I probably underrated Stixay, but he's just not impressed me. Um, I'll I'll be honest with you guys. I, I, out of everybody, this is the one that I am the least sure on, and the one that I think I am probably overrating. Actually, um, I think Johnson's really good. I'm just gonna say it straight up. I think Johnson is extremely good, and. I think FBI is really good, and I think Tactical is really good. The one who I'm kind of like, eh, I could see Sven dropping out. I think Sven's good, but, like, I don't know about this meta for him. He fell off a 
he, his, the whole bot lane just really fell off a cliff compared to where they were at the beginning of 2020. And yeah, I mean, Lost Lost has the potential to be a top five, to be even a top three. But there's a reason he's been in Academy for this long. And there's a reason also that TSM were kind of willing to move him. Right? I mean, I know that we were planning on double lift. I probably would have put double lift in the same spot I put Lost. And the reason Lost, I have him this high is because of Sword Art. Frankly. So, we will see. Um, then at support, I have Core JJ, Vulcan, Huhi, and then our boy Sword Art, and then Ignore. This one's another one you guys are going to upset about, but. I, I'm trying to really look at this as where are they right now? Not where they're going to be, but where are they right now? Core JJ has won multiple MVPs. He's been the best player in the damn league for a long time. It's going to be hard for me to put Sword Art over Core JJ for a very long time. Sword Art's going to have to like really bring it for like this whole year for me to put him over Core JJ. And Core JJ will have just had to have an awful season. Vulcan is has has been very good as well he also fell off a cliff I, I but it's hard for me to put him any lower because c9 is going to be great and it's going to make him look great and he's just going to be able to play a little bit more freely so and then fbi and who he I, I i have to put them in the same spot right now it's just like i'm going to do for lost in sword art actually funny enough i ranked the adcs and the supports almost exactly the same well i'm at least in the top four they are the exact same so I guess bot lane wise, I have TLC9, 100 Thieves, and then TSM. And I think that's how it's going to be for right now. We will see. Lost is, is our biggest question mark because we just don't know what he can do at this level. Now, he's going to have a world class support who will, in my opinion, likely get up to at least that second spot in the LCS once all is said and done with this split and probably with this season. But. It's gonna be it's gonna be hinging on how well does Lost play, and you know there's a lot of pressure on this kid because he's never had a chance before like this. He's playing on a team that's expected to go very far, and he's got somebody behind him in Cody Sun who would probably still be ranked in the top five if he was playing. I mean, it is still shocking to me that Evil Geniuses decided on deftly. <laughs> on deftly over Cody's son. For a team that wanted to compete, I, I can't believe that, that Cody's son was not picked. I truly cannot. So, you know, there's a lot of pressure on our boy Lost, and he is going to have to perform in order to not have to feel that as much. So we will see what happens. That's where I have everybody for right now. Um, you can scold me in the comments later. I totally get it. Um. I do think they make the playoffs. I have them finishing third. I think that's going to be the story of TSM until they can prove otherwise. I think their ceiling is that they can win. I think their floor is that they finish fifth because some pieces don't come together as quickly as we'd like. They end up having to make potentially changes with Hanser and Cody's son and Hooney and Lost. That could happen. If that's the case, then you know they might struggle a little bit. We're also putting a lot of faith in Spica, who, again, has not played that much. And he had a lot of veteran talent around him. And one of his closest friends when he came up was Broken Blade. 
and Broken Blade's gone too. So, you know, the whole team, there's, there's a lot of varying results that we'll see with this team. And like I said, for the spring, you know, we will go, um, you know, a lot deeper um, than, than, than we thought. So, yeah, that's, that's where we're at for right now. And, and, and I think that they will do well in playoffs. I don't see them winning this split. I think summer's going to be a lot better for them. It's a lot longer. There's more time to figure things out. But there is a chance that this team ends up just stomping everybody because this meta is going to be really good for them. And, like, when Viego ends up hitting, again, also known as the Rune King, that's going to be awesome for this team and awesome for Spica. So there's my brief spring split preview. I'll dive a lot deeper into it once we get closer to the season and once we can go through some games and kind of we'll have a better idea of where the team is at. We'll finish with our last topic, new jerseys. And, well, it wasn't all red like I predicted. I said red. I said it. I have recordings of it. We have red in our jerseys. For the first time ever, I believe. And and when I say ever, I mean prominently displayed. Maybe they had it in some other iterations in like small parts, but like you know, that red is it's pretty rocking, man. I like it. I like it a lot, actually. I really like this jersey. It's like a combination of stuff that you saw in the nineties uh, in terms of the pattern. With that extra TSM star. And it's the black and white that we all know, but then it's got that nice kind of red outline to bring it all together and sure it looks a lot like hunter thieves jersey whatever i don't care (laughs) i like it i like it a lot and i'm very excited and i've been trying to buy one since they accidentally revealed it you know a little bit earlier than i think they thought to and i can't because it's still not up in the store so i'm really excited you know, for, for this new Jersey, I'm probably going to get myself one. Um, also on it, they revealed Cadillac as their new sponsor, which man, car companies love LCS teams right now. Um, Cadillac is funny. Yeah, it's funny. Cause it's like Cadillac's like, you know, kind of like an older person car and it's kind of like, it's supposed to be like style. Right. And weirdly enough, I think it fits TSM perfectly. We're one of the oldest orgs in the league. Actually, I think we are the oldest org in the league, technically. And we are all about, like, style. And just, you know, like, there's almost like this air of eminence of, of, of like, kingship and, you know, I don't know, just good stuff right or just like regal regal is the word i'm thinking of and cadillac screams that kind of stuff and it just fits the branding of tsm and i'm sure when whoever was pitching this to cadillac or cadillac pitching it to tsm i'm assuming it was tsm pitching it to cadillac but like when they were sitting in that boardroom talking they were probably like regal style old TSM and Cadillac, baby. That's how we do it. So, I love that. Also, it's pretty clear to me that, that Spica's the guy. He's the guy who's going to take over for Bjergsen. He's been in every commercial. He's been in, you know, even the LCS stuff, the promos. 
there's a lot of pressure on this 18, I think maybe 19-year-old kid. But I love it, man. I love seeing Spika in the spotlight. He seems to just thrive in it. And, man, I hope this kid wasn't a one-year wonder, man. I just want to see him crush this year. I want to see him be the premier jungler. Like, I want everybody to be like, oh, remember when we thought Blabber was going to be that premier jungler? Uh -uh Uh-uh-uh. It's Spika. And then I will say all praise Ming. All praise our boy Ming. I also got a new hat from the store. It's still – stuff is still on sale. I love this hat. I now have two TSM hats. I have a sweatshirt. I've got a uh, a jersey. I'm going to be wearing them on Friday, on Saturday, and on Sunday. I will be adorned in TSM stuff. And then hopefully once the jersey is out, I will probably buy one. And then I will get one for myself to wear. And uh, yeah, I will be decked out in TSM gear. Um. I am still hoping for new merch, by the way, too. I I feel like that's going to come. I feel like that's going to happen. So we'll see. Uh, Be on the lookout for it, though, because the store hasn't been updated yet. There's no jerseys on it. So, um, yeah, I'm really, really excited for this. Like, I I think this season is going to be great. I I just have that feeling that this season is going to be great. This team's going to be great. There's going to be new merch. The new jerseys look sick. There's a lot of good stuff. As we start to wind down, you know, it's been over an hour, and I know that's long for a lot of you. Again, I expected this to be a long one. I know we spent, like, the first 50 minutes talking about the lock-in tournament, but that's the that's the big thing. That's the big thing. Uh, coming this week, as a reminder, we have 100 Thieves at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific um, on Friday, then on Saturday, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. They will be playing Golden Guardians, and then Sunday – 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, they will have CLG. And then they'll have, uh, on that Friday, they will have, like the next Friday, they'll have Team Liquid. So it's great stuff. Really good stuff. Make sure that you are watching TSM fans. Not that I doubt that you would anyways. Um, Here's our question of the week. Going back to the meta and looking at how prominent Nidalee has been, uh, do you think that Nidalee gets through for Spica? In more than one game. I think he gets Spica, or I think Spica gets Nidalee in one game. I can't imagine that 100 Thieves are going to be the team that lets lets uh, Nidalee through for him. I just can't see it after what he did to them last year. But, hey, who knows? Maybe they will. Um, let me know in the comments below and on Reddit. Yeah. Do you think he gets Nidalee more than one game during the lock-in tournament? Or I should say the first round of the lock-in tournament. I think he'll get him, get her more than once. But at least, you know, I would say twice in the first four games. Will he get him get her at least twice in the first four games? Um, if you like the show, please take a second to like, subscribe, and comment to the TGH YouTube channel. Hit the bell icon so you don't miss another episode of Talking TSM. Also, I want to make sure that this is the number one TSM podcast on all podcasting platforms. If you feel so inclined... Please leave a review, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Please share this with your friends. You can find the official tweet if you're on Twitter, either on my account at TGH Robert Haynes or on the Game House's Twitter account at TGH Esports. 
Please use the hashtag TalkingTSM when tweeting at us or sharing. Lastly, new part here. Make sure that you head to thegamehouse.com, H-A-U-S, thegamehaus.com, and head to our TSM page, which is under the eSports and League of Legends tabs, uh, to see all of our TSM content, which is written mostly by myself, uh, where you can get a lot more of my thoughts than just what's on this show. And with that, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the first weekend that we have TSM back. Reminder, the show comes out every Thursday and is exclusively for your TSM earholes. I'm Robert Haynes, and this has been Talking TSM. See you next week. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.